Hi, hello, how are you doing? Thank you for tuning in to the Cloud Coffee interview series. This is a podcast series where we bring in members of the underground community, whether they be rappers, singers, producers, or even people who make art. We talk to them in a low, soothing voice, the kind of voice that feels warm, like the first sun rays on a summer morning. And once they've been lulled into a false sense of security, we get them to spill all their beans for that sweet, sweet content. To learn the name of this week's guest, I want to play a visualization game with you. Now, clear your mind and imagine a drawing of a man with bees coming in and out of his head while also holding a piece of bread. Now, using that image, I want you to guess the name of our guest. Did you figure it out? Can you guess? Did you read the name of the episode? The title of it? That's right, it's the one and only Hivemind Riley. Our new friend Riley is the founder of Hivemind, one of the fastest growing media platforms on the underground today. When he's not making content for the Hivemind channel, Riley excels in making cover art. His unique and cartoonish style has attracted the attention of some of the biggest names in the game. Through all of this, Riley has been able to promote the music he loves, make connections with talented artists, and have fun making content with his best buddy Graydon. But we'd rather have him tell you himself. So without further ado, Cloud Coffee presents Mind Your Hive Before Someone Minds It For You. What's up? What up, man? How's it going? Oh, not bad at all. How how are you doing today? Not too bad. You know, just drinking coffee at 7 p.m., just chilling, working, you know? Yeah. What you working on right now? Um, I'm editing a video that we shot two nights ago. It'll come out on Friday right now. Any, uh, (laughs) any sneak peek on what it is? Yeah. So, um, I don't know if you've seen some of the, the past videos, like I think this, the other one of this came out like a month and a half ago or something, but, um, basically we play this game where we guess the related artists of somebody on Spotify. All right. And so this time we flipped it. So we're given four related artists and we have to guess who, who those are the related artists for. So we have to guess one rapper based on four related artists. Oh, that's key. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's a fun game. So, yeah, how'd you guys come up with that idea? Um, we have like, I have like a bank of like probably like a hundred ideas sitting on like my phone and my computer, mm-hmm. and then Graydon and I will sometimes just dedicate like an entire day to just sitting and coming up with new ones, and then we just pick our favorites from those, and yeah. so, yeah. So, all right, awesome. Well, yeah, looking forward to seeing that. Um, I, I was able to check in for a second on the live stream uh, last weekend. I was in Ohio at the time, like in the like way in Ohio. Um, yeah, where I, were you, where were you in Ohio? Yeah, we were near um Logan Lake, near like Ash Cave and uh, like that area. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, uh, not a whole lot of service, but we did go out for a little bit, and I was able to just pop in and see what was going on. Tight. Yeah, do you remember that uh that 
Balto Gucci guy who uh, had the 3D animations that you guys are kind of checking out for a sec? Uh, the first guy in our live stream, correct? It, I think it was pretty early. Yeah, he had like, oh, it? I think he had like the 3D model of like a futuristic like spaceship or like a car hybrid kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was the first, first thing we reacted to. Yeah. All right, for sure. I actually uh, talked to him yesterday. I uh, got oh. him in on one of these. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, his stuff was sweet. Yeah, he was he was really stoked that uh you guys had like taken a look at it. Oh, dope. I'm glad I'm yeah, I'm glad he was he was happy to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, mm-hmm. we can jump right into it. I always like to start off by just saying thank you for taking the time to hop on to this man. I was super excited to see that you were down. Dude, thanks for having me on. Um always love to to chop it up with some Michiganders, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where I wanted to start off with. So what was, um, you know, you, you told me you were originally from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what sparked the move to Detroit? So I grew up in Toledo, Ohio. So that's like an hour from Detroit. So it was kind of always the closest big city. Mm-hmm. And I have like a pretty tight knit group of friends from uh, like high school era. And we all decided that like, a lot of us were kind of taking like alternative routes to what, what we wanted to do. Like a lot of creative stuff that not, you know, just not like desk job stuff. And so we wanted to find somewhere to like cheap to all live in the same place and work on like creative stuff. And Detroit just made the most sense at the time. So, yeah. So I moved here like I think two and a half or three years ago, like right when I started hive mind. All right, for sure. Um, So I guess, the next thing I want to ask was, so what are some of your favorite parts about living in Ohio versus, you know, living in Detroit? Like what are some of the best parts about each? Um, I always say that Ohio is like a great place to grow up, but not a great place to visit. I like that. It has like five pretty big cities and just lots of like, I don't know, like Midwest attitude. I like that. I know a lot of people who like, who work hard. You don't know a lot of people who are like, wildly wildly rich or anything like that it's all just kind of like even the the worst people you meet are not as bad as like some other (laughs) in in america i feel like but michigan is tight too and like especially detroit it's like a completely an artist city so that's my favorite thing about detroit it's like everyone i meet is like an artist of some sort like they're doing something creative like, I don't know anybody who's young that I've met in Detroit who's not trying to do something creative, which is sweet. Yeah, no, that's that's sick. I, I'm in East Lansing, like I said, so I'm like an hour and a half away from Detroit. So I haven't spent too much time there, but uh, no, yeah. it's, it's really cool every time I go down there. Um, I, I agree. There's a lot of really cool, uh, you know, just places where um, you can see like people's art. Um, what is it called? Murals. Um, yeah. yeah, murals and things like yeah. that. Um, I think Detroit, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, Detroit has the most murals per capita in America of any city. Oh, that's sick. So. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever um my girlfriend took me down there, I think like a couple months ago. Have you ever hmm. been to that place that's like a restaurant inside a bunch of shipping containers? No, I haven't. Oh, like she uh she I think she grew up near Detroit and I think her dad has a place there. So she just knew all about it. But yeah, we uh Went there was kind of a busy night and we popped in there. It was like just a bunch of shipping containers and inside is just this really, really nice restaurant. Dang, that sounds cool. I bet yeah. you I, I feel like I probably have heard the name of it or something, but I don't I don't go out too much, so I haven't yeah. been I haven't been a lot of places. Right, right. Um oh another thing I wanted to ask about Ohio. I, I just didn't realize 
I thought it was just kind of like Michigan, just like flat farmland everywhere. But where we were kind of more like on the southeastern side, I didn't realize how like really nice and like mountainous it is. Yeah. I mean, I went to school in Cincinnati. So like from Toledo, which is like a lot like Michigan, um, mm-hmm. like I grew up like five minutes from the Michigan border. So it's oh, like right. all just like flat land, like on like borderline farmland. Like there's lots of farmland near where I grew up. And then I went down to Cincinnati and it's like all these huge hills, like mm-hmm. everywhere. It's like a, it's a completely different environment, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've also heard like not to get political, but I've heard Ohio is kind of like a conservative state. Like the police are a lot more strict down there. Is that something that you've, you know, would be true? Yeah. I mean, definitely like, yeah, it's definitely more conservative, which which definitely, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's Detroit is like really, really good in terms of like uh community. That's something that I like about, about Michigan as well. It's like, it's really focused on community, especially with everything that's happened in the past couple of months. Like mm-hmm. I saw like Detroit really come together. Whereas like I heard a lot of my friends who were in Cincinnati were dealing with like horror stories with the police. And I'm really happy that not as much of that happened here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's super sad to see stuff like that happen in Ohio, but I always felt that way. It's definitely like stricter, more conservative. Um, yeah, it's a, Ohio's, it's an interesting place for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, one of my friends told me this story that I think his girlfriend, and a couple of her friends were driving down the highway in Ohio and they were speeding a little bit and they saw some like plane overhead and like 15 minutes later they get pulled over by some cop and they're like, well, yeah. you, you didn't like, you know, you didn't like clock us or anything. He's like, yeah, that plane you saw earlier, that was, um, that was like a drone that like tracks your, uh, it like measures your speed as you're driving down the highway. And like, that's something that Ohio has apparently. Yeah. I think I 71 has the planes. And then, I mean, I, in high school, all my friends were getting like, like parking tickets mailed to them, you know, like that's like <laughs> always like, you just get like stoplight tickets like all the time. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> Sounds like, uh, you know, Michigan at least is treating you pretty well though. Yeah. I, I definitely like living here for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, so I guess in the timeline of you moving to Ohio or from Ohio to Detroit, you know, where in that timeline does, uh, does hive mind fit in for you? Like where did that start? So I went to college at the university of Cincinnati mm-hmm. and I actually did hive mind. Like I came up with hive mind in my final year as like a thesis project mm-hmm. for graphic design. So um it basically like started as mostly like a branding project. Um and Graydon was living with me in Cincinnati and we just always had like a certain dynamic. Like we always like get into big conver- like debates and conversations and try to like riff off each other and come up with yeah. funny like things to say. And that was kind of always like our bit amongst our friends was that we would we would chop it up that way. And so I, when I was deciding about it and doing my research, I was like, you know, um, I kind of wanted to do something video based because I felt like that's where everything was headed. That's the most impactful type of media you can make. So my project was like basically a very, very underdeveloped version of what it is now, but it was like focused excuse me, it's focused uh, a lot on branding. And so that's like the stuff that's stayed with, like I've had the, like the same logo, the same like type treatments and all that stuff since like I started it in like mid 2017. So. All right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, um, oh, now, now I'm mad. So well, I'm, I'm going to try to retrace these steps. So you're, hand, okay. you know, you're friends with uh, Graydon. You guys mm-hmm. put together Hive Mind last year of your graphic design school. Yeah. Uh, focused on. Where was it? I, I, I thought of something different, though. Uh, it's just like a quick question. I saw that yeah. video that you guys had the it was the, the the Game Boy and you popped the uh, the hive mind cartridge into it. How did how did that come together? What was that? So, uh, I guess uh, I'll explain to like basically the other guys in Hive Mind. Like, mm-hmm. I'll I'll explain in a second like how they how they came into it. But one of the other guys, Alex, he does all of our VFX and our editing for our music videos and we had talked about how like we thought it would be really cool to make a Game Boy game for one of our music videos, like just mm-hmm. like corresponding Game Boy game. And Alex is one of those people like he, we had the idea and like two or three days later, he had already like figured out how to do it, ordered all the parts to do it and then made the first one. And so it was like, it was just like, he figured it out basically like, turning a lot of the graphic work that I do into like eight bit and then like programming through this like software on his computer to make it. And then now what we do is we like go to Walgreens and like make a (laughs) sticker that goes on the game and stuff. So it's like, it's just like for promo, it's not like really a playable game. It's more so like you can click a few buttons and go to a few screens or whatever, but we just thought it was like a clever way to promote some of the content that we were making. And so now we've done them for, every one of our music videos that comes out, we do one. And then we did one for Ron So Cold, which was by commission from like his management team. Yeah. And then, and then we have one that's unreleased that like, I don't know if it'll ever come out, but we did make one for 645AR as well. Oh, wow. But that's because I, I do a lot of like work, artwork for him. And so like with his team, I just like thought it was a good idea. So we made it and like sent it to them and they loved it. But I don't, it's for a song that they haven't been promoting, um, for a couple months now. So I don't know if it'll come out, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I just thought of the question. So uh, did you have any like video experience from your past? Like maybe you made videos when you were younger or anything like that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in like, like right when YouTube started, like, uh, I guess it wasn't like right when it started, like a little bit after that, when I was really young, me and my cousins would always make like stupid YouTube videos. <laughs> and luckily he got like really angry one day or something and deleted the channel that <laughs> all that stuff was on. So there's like no remnants of it anywhere. Like you really <laughs> don't have it. Um, it would be fun, I guess, for people to dig it up. It, like yeah. now that things are going kind of well or whatever, but it, I mean, we just made like, the dumbest stuff like <laughs> yeah just we'd be like i don't even i don't even they aren't even like concepts like it would just all be nonsense videos we really liked like like old saturday night live like we were really into that and then like yeah. dumb like stuff like smosh and and stuff like that like we would just try to recreate like stupidity basically <laughs> so so yeah, I mean, I, I had like Windows Movie Maker stuff, but I I didn't do video stuff like in between that and Hivemind very much. Like I did like a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it sounds smarter than what I was doing. I was just in the woods with my friends playing with Nerf guns and shit like that. It was basically that. It was like, <laughs> it was on the same level as that, trust me. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know. Like you just get like a shitty Nikon for your like tenth birthday, and you're like, oh, this is this is it. Like I'm I'm going crazy with this. Yeah, yeah. We just I feel like it was more so for us. Like we just wanted to make anything, and it was kind of like almost miraculous to us that we could just make something and then like put it on the internet and then people would see it. Like, I just remember that at the beginning of like when of like internet, just not like the beginning of internet, but like the beginning of like our interaction with the internet, I was just like so amazed that you could make something and put it out there like that anybody could do it. Like, I just thought that was really funny. Yeah. I think uh, that's a good start though. I feel like a lot of people, myself included, they just like, I don't what even if they were making things at home, I think the concept of putting your stuff on the internet didn't really hit people until, you know, a couple of years after, you know, people like you were really starting to get into it. Um, so you guys were kind of, I feel like you guys were kind of early to the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely helped to not be like as shy, I guess. I guess I got that out of the way, like when I was mm-hmm. younger. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I kind of got off track with that, but I just wanted to, you know, about that but kind of back to some of your collaborations you've done because you've done some really big works it looks like so i just wanted to kind of ask you how you know how some of these came together um you know just, i have like a list sure. of a couple of ones i've seen so desto dub i see you've done at least two i don't know if you've done more but how did that come together i know you talked about it in your podcast but um you know could you give me a run through of how that happened yeah so um back in like 20 20- 17 I think it still was 2017 I was like pretty into at the time I was like watching a little bit of no jumper on YouTube Mm -hmm. which like now I don't really watch but back then I was I was into that I was like trying to keep up with like what was underground rap then and they posted something about doing a thumbnail contest for a podcast of theirs Mm -hmm. and usually I'm not like super into doing contests and stuff, but I was like, you know, whatever, I'm just going to like, I'm already drawing, like, I'm just going to draw this tonight and like put, throw it together and just like submit it. And so I submitted it for the thumbnail thing and I didn't get picked, but like Adam messaged me and was like, Oh, this is so like, this is so hard. Like you went crazy or whatever. And then Desto hit me up and was like, yo, can you send me mine? Like, separate because he was part of the thumbnail because he was in the podcast that that it was so i drew like four people and desto was one of them mm-hmm. and he wanted it separated and then he sent me a picture of himself and was like can you add my face tats because they're a little like they're a little more faint like i couldn't see them in the picture i was referencing so then i added them on and gave that to him and like if you look back it's like a terrible drawing i've like gotten a lot better <laughs> since then but then through that basically he just started talking to me all the time like he would message me and be like yo like can you do art for this song can you do art for like my homie song like all this stuff and so i've actually done probably like 10 different projects for him and like to the point where like like now when he was touring like before covid like with Lil pump mm-hmm. his background graphics on stage is like a drawing i did in like 2017 so, Jeez. yeah, so I've done a lot of work for him, but I mean, recently I did work for him too. Like I did something that isn't out and I don't know if it'll come out, but I did like some Joe exotic themed like merch stuff for him. I've done like <laughs> tons mm-hmm. of work for Desto. I actually met him in 2018. There's a vlog like where I actually went and met him in LA. The only time I've been to LA yeah. and, uh, 
yeah, it was cool. I met like his, I met his mom. I met his brother. He gave me a, he threw me a hoodie. Um, yeah, it was cool. Okay. Yeah. Good guy. What, I was gonna say, what's he like? He's good, man. He's like, he's really like uh charming, like has a lot of like charisma when you talk to him. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I really respect like the hustler attitude and he's really got that. Like he's like put so much work in and he knows just how to promote, promote, promote. Like he never stopped trying. Like I really respect everything that he's done with awful lot of cough syrup. Like he really made that like so big now we're like young thug and gunner wearing it. So that's yeah. like super respectable. Yeah. It's that, uh, it's that versatility, not just, you know, not just doing music. You got to kind of, like, it's basically, you know, kind of what you do with high mind. You're building a brand. Right. Yeah. That's the whole, yeah, that's the whole point for sure. Yeah. Uh, see the other ones. Let's see. Steven Cannon. I'm kind of a Steven Cannon fan. How did that all come together? <laughs> nice yeah he's from cincinnati so oh, we had right. like we had some connections through like some of his friends or some of my friends i don't know if that's how it came up but like you know he's friends with like joey razook who's a good friend of mine um he's friends with like a lot of other rappers in cincinnati like he knows suicide rascal and all them so on twitter i think he just posted like yo i need cover art for this album I'm about to drop. And I think I just like DM'd him and was like, yo, like check my work if you want me to do it. And then I ended up doing that. Um, yeah. So that one was pretty like straightforward, but I mean, I've met Steven in real life a few times and stuff too. Um, yeah, we have a lot of mutual friends. So, yeah. So do you know anything about how he and Lil Zan kind of like linked up? Cause I thought that was so interesting when they were first kind of just like doing a lot of shit together. Do you know anything about that background? Uh, I do based, not like direct information from him more. So like probably the same as any other person who like was like paying attention to the internet. So I don't know anything beyond what the internet knows, but essentially I believe Stephen Cannon was releasing music. Lil Xan was like a fan of him and wasn't even making music. And he was a photographer and he was like coming to Stephen Cannon shows and then he got his camera stolen. And so he used like the last little bit of money that he had for a studio session and decided to become a rapper. But I'm pretty sure, and this might may or may not be true that Stephen Cannon like gave the name Lil Xan to him. Like he was like, you should go by Lil Xan. But I think so. I could be wrong about that, but. But yeah, they, that, that's how they, like Lil Xan was a fan of Stephen Cannon. That's how it All started. Right. All right. Now that you say, I, I think I've heard that as well. Um, that was kind of mm. their relationship. Hmm, that's interesting. I, that man had just, I don't know. He was such, um, such a high with like the lyrical lemonade. St- they both were kind of, they both were on lyrical mm. lemonade quite a bit. And then Lil Xan, he just kind of, yeah. I don't know, just kind of fizzled out, I guess. Uh, no, he's still like best rapper alive so I, I don't think it's a big problem i think he's 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 poised for like his his comeback i'm, you know? I'm, I'm sorry but I, are are you being serious right now <laughs> uh no i'm not being no. serious All right. it, is like my, it is my running joke on hot mind that lil xan's like my favorite rapper oh, all right but, all right yeah i publicly stated in the last video though like I listen to Lil Xan ironically, but sometimes it clicks, you know? It's like, pretty banging. <laughs> yeah. 
like what was the one he released one last year that I literally was like, it's Lil Xan comeback season. I'm about to find out. <laughs> like I was like, yeah, he's coming back. Let me find it. Uh, did you hear about? Did you hear about him and the hot Cheetos? How he had to go to the hospital oh, because of yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. I love. I love stories like that. Honestly, yeah, that's what made him so so like. He's just such a character, like like you couldn't write that. And yeah. I'm sure someone at the, someone at the label might have like come up with that as like an idea to try to like make headlines. But at the same time, it's just like it's just so like wild, like such a funny story. Like when you hear it, it's just, like perfect to your ears. You're just like, "Yep, Lil Xan ate too many flaming hot Cheetos and had to go to the hospital." Like, and got laughed at by everyone who was supposed to come save him. Yeah. The song's called Like Me, by the way. Lil Xan, right. Like Me. When that song came out, I was like, oh, he's coming back. And I still stand <laughs> by it. I think it's a great song. Yeah. Um, because, I, like I said, it was just like Lyrical Lemonade was like the thing for me at the time when he first started really getting big. And um, Stephen mm-hmm. Cannon, like he, I don't know, he's still making some pretty good music, I think. Have, have you been following him at all? He collabs with like tons of people. He puts out a lot of music. I mean, same thing like with Desto. They're both like hustlers. They definitely like put in uh, put in the work. So I mean, I I respect that. I don't. I haven't heard much. I know he did a song with Egover, and I heard that, but that's about. I haven't been keeping up super heavy with with Steven's music, but yeah, For sure. he's still out there. Yeah. Um. Let's see who else. Um. Lil Zelly. How did how did that happen? Um. That one was. Man, I think this one was long ago. I'm trying to think of how that exactly happened. I think it was like I started listening to his music. And then he, I think I followed him and he immediately followed me back and then DM'd me and was like, yo, your art is is cool. Do you want to do a cover for me? And then I was like, word. And I think he like sent me 50 bucks and... But he needed it in like 24 hours. And this was like a long time ago. And mm. I was like, I was so so into his music that I was like, yeah, like screw it. I'll just do it. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I did two covers for him. I did the, I don't even remember the name of the first one, but the second one was the one he did with Ned Arb. And that cover was interesting because I did it. And then like, I don't think the project came out for like six months. Like, I think it was like, I did the cover and had it finished and sent to him. And then like six months later, the project came out and I was like, Oh shit, I forgot I did that. <laughs> but, but yeah, Zelly's real cool. I, he and I are supposed to work on some shit again. Like he, he'll like message me every once in a while and be like, yo, I'm, I might do this project if you want to do the cover. And so he's a good dude. I've talked to him before. I was supposed to link with him in New York like last year, but I couldn't make it. But, so yeah. yeah. So how often do you, you know, are you, on the road traveling to meet people um that time it was like my girlfriend was living in new york so i just like was visiting her and he just happened to be there playing a show um but yeah i don't know i mean we like it was so weird because in december our thing as hive mind like we said that like our resolution for the new year was to be to travel more like to like go just like vlog those moments and go like get out there and meet people like more often. Mm -hmm. So in January and and the beginning of February, we went to Atlanta and met up with like BK, the ruler's team and 
met up with some people from like Neil World and Motorsport, like Casco Crazy and Lifted and like uh, Clouded Films and and some other people. And that was like super cool. And then like immediately when we got when we got back, like we went to Chicago and met up with like NASCAR Allo and um, Kids Next Door and all those people. And then like right after that, we like followed a few dates of the Josiah and Snot tour. So I was doing a ton of it, but now yeah. haven't done any. So Yeah. I mean, I think I'd prefer you doing that cause, or not doing that because fucking crazy right now with everything going on. COVID. Yeah, man. I mean, you got to be safe. It's worse than it ever was right now. So it's hard to think that way because it's been so long that you would think it'd be getting better, but it definitely is not getting better. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure what, cause I'm still going to Michigan state right now. I got one more year and I really just don't know what they're going to do as far as classes. Like they're saying, uh, hybrid classes with sometimes you're going into the classroom, but you know, we've, I don't know if you heard about the Harper's incident, um, up in East Lansing, like we're still yeah. yeah. Like for me, it's like y- your students have already proven that they can't go back to school and not spread it to each other. Like just go online. Totally. Like, yeah, totally. And Michigan state has like a reputation too. Like, you know, it's a, it's a party school. So it's going to oh, be yeah. tough. If you've got everybody there, it's going to be really hard to get people to just like be cautious. So. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I definitely agree. Like people are very, uh, that's a big priority for a lot of people here. Yeah, for sure. More power to them though. Wish they could party, you know, I wish it was safe for everybody to party. <laughs> it would be, yeah, it would be great. Um, wait for that damn vaccine i guess yeah for sure oh uh, uh, let's see what else do i have here oh uh, one more i wanted to ask about because or i guess technically sure. two but yeah uh this this one uh steel 11 when you did the art for 240 sx like i love that song and i had no idea that you made the cover oh, art for it until i started digging around um you know <laughs> what, what was that like I just became a big fan of Steel Eleven, and I reached out to him. That's like a rare one. I reached yeah. out to him, and he followed me back. But then I was like, "Bro, if you want cover art, you let me know because I'll do it for free." Yeah. And like, I don't do that very often unless it's like my friends, like my actual like real life friends. I do their cover art for free, but everybody else, like you know, I gotta charge like even if they are a, a huge artist or whatever. But like Steel Eleven. I was just like really, really into like a few different songs. Like um, I'm trying to remember what was out at the time, but like um, Rodeo Drip was out and that song's super hard. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, yeah, just like, let me know. And he, he sent me that one and was like, yeah, this like, I, and I was like, oh, this song's going to be a hit. And so I tried to go as hard as I could. I really like that cover still. Like, I don't like many of my covers from like, a year and a half to two years ago, because I just feel like as you get better, you like look back and you're like, Oh man, like I wasn't that good then, but that cover, I still stand by. I think I did a good job on it. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm I glad like, it's a great song. Like I'm yeah. Oh yeah. Legendary. Um, I think it's kind of fun. I think if, if the skeleton had had eyes, I probably would have noticed. Cause I feel like the way you draw your eyes is very you know unique to you. So I think if it had, like, had <laughs> eyes or like something like that, I definitely would have like known, Oh, this is, you know, this is this Riley guy that I just started looking at or whatever. That's, that's funny. Cause like, I've thought about that like more than I probably should. Like sometimes I'll be doing a cover and I'm like, do I, and the idea like won't 
involve droopy eyes and i'll be like should i just put them on there so people know that i did the cover <laughs> but nah like <laughs> nah it's just like yeah eventually yeah i don't know i I've, I've just tried to like keep my style consistent enough where like aside from the eyes you can tell that i did it but i don't i mean it doesn't matter if i if i get credit i just try to make something something that i'm proud of every time something that like matches with the music yeah I think the droopy eyes is kind of like, it's almost like your producer tag. Kind of definitely. People, somebody told me a long time ago that I should start signing my covers or like, um, there's some, like, uh, some artists out there who will make like the parental advisory tag, say their name or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, nah, I'm going to just, the droopy eyes will be like the signature. Like that's how you'll know that, that I, (laughs) but. Oh, that's, yeah. Oh, I, I, I really like your style. I'm going to ask you a little bit more about that in a sec. I just had one more real quick uh, one on my list. Um, do you remember doing the, the cover art for day one, uh, the Project Pat label in uh, Jane and yeah. July? Yeah. So those are actually yeah. uh, two of my friends that I've been you know, kind of connected with for a while now, uh, been making music with. So Whoa. I was, yeah, I was wondering how, uh, you know, how that all came together then. Well, first of all, shout out to those guys. Um, the only cover that I believe, have you seen the, the one that didn't come out? I don't think I have. Okay. So it's actually weird. So basically like I did, they hit me up just like normal commission style. Like they DM'd yeah. and said like, what's the price for this? I was like, word, here's the price. We did it that way. Like they sent over the money and I worked on, they sent the video to, I think, or like the song. I don't remember, but they gave me a pretty distinct thing. Like they wanted like a specific, like they wanted them with like a Muskegon, Michigan, like sign in the background and like mm-hmm. them, like basically like, hitchhiking on the side of the road. And they wanted to be like monsters. They wanted to be like, not themselves. They mm-hmm. wanted to be like drawing of themselves but as like monsters with green skin or something like that yeah and i was like cool so i did it up we had like a few changes back and forth um i actually ended up dealing with project pat through the changes and stuff because they ended up like so like i got to like i talked to project project pat a little bit just over like messages or whatever and that was it was all cool and then the song like or the project like never came out and so like i never posted that cover and then like a few months later, I think it was like four or five months later, they hit me up and were like, yo, we need a single cover that to go with it. And so they paid for another cover. And then I did the single cover and they posted that one. But the single cover was like basically a very simplified version of the, or like a, it was just a simpler idea than the actual cover that never came out and nobody saw. Right. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. So there's like a cover out there that's unreleased that I did for them. Uh, but, but yeah, I've seen it. It's weird. Cause I've seen, uh, I've seen Jay like pop up in other places now, like on Twitter and stuff. Like I'll like see him here and there and be like, Oh, that's that guy that I did that cover <laughs> for that never came out. <laughs> yeah. He's grooving so, right now. Yeah. I, I saw one of his songs was on like a Patrick CC stream or something like that. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. He's doing his thing. Yeah, yeah, him and uh, him and July both. They're both. Uh, I don't because Jay did a lot of work. Um, yeah, shout out Jay. Uh, but he he knows yeah. a lot about like the algorithms and shit like that. Like he really took the time to learn all that stuff, so he's been able to use that heavily in his favor and also just brand himself really well. I think. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, uh, the only thing I'll say to, to Jay and July is I actually ended up reusing, I liked the type treatment on the unreleased cover so much that I redid it for a new cover recently. So I'm very sorry if you guys ever release <laughs> that one. It'll look like one of my other covers that is coming out soon. So, so. You guys yeah. have beef now? Yeah, I know. No, <laughs> shout out to those guys. They were very nice to work with. Oh, yeah, no, great guys. Um, yeah, so I guess kind of like, you know, might as well follow it up asking a little bit about your art. So how did you get into it? You know, obviously you said you went to graphic design school. Uh, what's, what's kind of mm-hmm. that path to how you got into it, how you've developed things like that? Um, well, I've been drawn since I was like two years old. So I always like, that was always my thing growing up was like, I just was drawing as much as I could. And so I always knew I wanted to do something with art. Um, it just kind of changed over time. And then when I was about to go to college, I was like, um, there's like a few different routes I could take. Like I wanted, I, at first I wanted to do fine art because I just like kind of doing whatever I want to do. And then I was like, I kind of want to apply it to something. And I thought about doing fashion design. And then I heard about graphic design, like It was weird because now a lot of high schools have like some intro to graphic design class or something, but I didn't have that. So I never even opened up like Photoshop or Illustrator or anything until I got to college. Um, But basically I picked graphic design like on a whim and didn't really know what it was. Like I was like, I'll do graphic design because I want to make shirts. Mm. And then it ended up being something that I'm into, but I like, it was kind of like a luck thing. Like I didn't really know what graphic design all entailed until I got there. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, when I was in college, it was like I kind of did like normal graphic design stuff for a few years and was doing like more like, I mean, some graphic designers, if they're listening, will understand. Like I was doing like some Swiss design stuff. I was doing like very clean, like poster type iconography, like really like clean graphic design stuff. And mm-hmm. then like halfway through, I kind of had a realization where I was like, man, I just like drawing cartoons. So I'm just going to try to apply what I'm learning in school right now to like making my cartoons as good as I can make them. And so that was like where the big pivot happened. And then, yeah, basically I just like kept going with that. And like up until this point, it's been like the same path. I knew exactly like that I wanted to make album covers and like posters and like promo stuff for stuff in the music industry with my style. So that was like a realization I had halfway through school, basically. All right. But, yeah. I mean, that's probably what college is for, right? Yeah. I, yeah, it was people. Sometimes I'll like, somebody will ask like, Oh, is it, is it worth it to go to college? And I'm like, dude, I don't know the answer to that question because like I went and like, I don't know. Like it's, it was like a roundabout path to where I am. Like it helped me figure out in a really weird, like roundabout way what I want to do, but it definitely like wasn't the fastest route there. Like I had Mm -hmm. to waste a lot of time doing school to get to, to understand what I wanted to do. So it all's well that ends well, but at the same time, like I'm just, sometimes I'm like, it's a lot of time and a lot of money. I don't, I don't know if I would have gotten here without it, but who knows? I just, I don't have an answer for that question, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Very fair. Um, 
No, I, I, I feel the same way. I feel, you know, cause I, I kind of knew that I wanted to do something with media, you know, ever since I was in high school and, um, I thought maybe, Oh, maybe I'll go into business marketing and I'm doing advertising. And I just think it, even if, uh, you know, even if you weren't to get somewhere or what am I trying to say here? I think, I don't know. I think you should just be able to just go into what you want to do. I understand like, you know, you have to take some right. science classes to show, Oh, you know, science or, you know, math or whatever. Um, I did enjoy a lot of the, uh, I guess like the social, or what am I going to say? Like, I don't know, just like the different classes about like social justice, inequality, things like that. Um, that's actually definitely. a class. Yeah. I think like, I definitely got a lot of perspective from that. I got to see a new perspective on everything. Cause I came from the UP like upper Michigan, like basically surrounded by other white people all the time. And then I came mm-hmm. out here and it's just seeing different people that are different from me. And I thought that was great. But, um, no, I, I also agree. Yeah. There are some times where you're just like, why, why am I really here? Like, why am I wasting my time with some of these classes right now? Like I could be really pursuing what I want to do. Right. What do you study? Uh, doing advertising and I'm also doing the sales minor here. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was, yeah, I, I completely agree with the whole like perspective thing. Cause that was the same for me. I definitely feel like I learned a lot about like life from being at college. Cause I just like saw so many different like types of people and got to like, I don't know, just like have interactions that helped like change my, my views and my perspectives and like help me learn more about the world and realize that, you know, the way I think about things is very much like a product of, of my environment and how I grew up and, and things like that. And that like is super like coming of age thing that happens to people when they go to college. But then I think about like, from a technical standpoint, I'm like, you know, I did like years of college like could i have learned all of that within like a year and a half of just like going hard like with tutorials on the computer like could i have done that on my own like sometimes i think the answer is yes but i don't know so yeah yeah i agree i i I guess like one more i guess one other thing i'd consider is maybe it might have given you some time to really soak or guess soak into what you were doing if you know what i mean like it kind of you know, basically gives you kind of four years you're doing school, but you do also have a lot more time than a, a full-time job would entail, I guess, unless you're working a part-time job, like a lot of people do. But, um, yeah. I guess that's one more thing I might consider is that it does give you kind of four years to kind of, you know, mess around with that. See if, you know, you can really get your head around it. Uh, yeah, do- yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what, what's kind of your plan right now with the art? I know you, you know, your goal initially was, Oh, I want to start doing cover art, things like that. Where do you see it going aside from hive mind? Cause obviously like, you know, I'm sure you have a lot of plans for that and I'll ask you about that. But, um, as far as the art side of things, where, where kind of do you see it going? Um, I want to like, um, like something that I've been working on, which like it does kind of feed into where we're going with hive mind and stuff, but it's like, I've been trying to get into just like the animated side of things. So mm-hmm. like, there's definitely like there's some cartoon animation in a lot of the recent music videos. And that's been something I've been trying to like, you know, I'm trying to learn still like the 2d side of it. So like Alex, who I mentioned before, uh, mm-hmm. who does like our VFX stuff, he it, like is the one who animates, like makes stuff move, but I have to like draw things in a way where he can do that. And mm-hmm. so that's like been, something that I'm learning a lot over the past year. I've been like really trying to get, better at like giving him the pieces to make these things move and then you know down the line like my childhood goal was like I want to make like 
I want to make like SpongeBob basically, like eventually. <laughs> yeah. I want to make my own cartoon show. And I don't know, it wouldn't be, you know, necessarily like SpongeBob, but I like when I was a kid, I remember like watching SpongeBob and being like, I want to like do that with my life. You know, I want to like make a cartoon show. And so that's something that I want to do like well into the future. I, I don't know that like, I'm definitely far away from, from that in terms of like my skill set, but um, that's something I'm actively like working towards uh, aside from hive mind and stuff but yeah and then i honestly like i'm pretty happy doing like album covers and stuff because over the past year it's been like a lot easier for me to like you know coordinate it with a label where like i'm getting what i feel like is a fair price like i feel like you have to do a lot of hustling like on instagram to just do a cover here and there for like a really low amount of money and you're putting in way more work than you are getting paid for and now recently I feel like I'm starting to like get what I feel like is fair to mm-hmm. do what I was doing before. And yeah, so that's, you know, that's something I'm still happy with. And I, I'd be down to just like be doing album covers and hive mind for the next couple of years, but just like growing those things, making them, making them bigger and bigger and better, you know, just like constant progression. But yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, cause I, I, I've kind of, t- I think I talked about this with Balto Gucci cause and like other people who have done art and things like that in the past. But I mean, do, do people usually kind of start, I don't know, I guess getting aggressive when you say some of your prices sometimes? I know, you know, in my experience, even me just charging like $15 for a mix, some people are just like, oh, well, no, I, I can go do that somewhere else for free. Or they're just like mad about the price. Like, do you deal with right. that a lot? Yeah. I mean, everybody deals with it. Like, mm-hmm. in, in, yeah, it's, it's weird. I've, it's gone in phases for me. Like, I feel like, you know, I raised my price after like big spikes in like social media because that's just naturally like if I have, you know, a hundred DM requests, then obviously I'm going to charge more because I, if I sit and charge like my same price to all of those people, I'll be overloaded with work. And so I just like it when, when you go up in price, like from one price to another, I just like, I'll get like a few people would just like send back like crying laughing emojis or, you know, or them being like, you're bugging, you know, like that type of thing. But to me, I just like, I just try not to like invest too hard into, I try to think about like, okay, I'm one side of the screen. They're one side of the screen. Like, I don't know this person. So they feel like, you know, there's no threat involved. Like if I'm talking to somebody in person and I'm like, you know, they're like, Oh, yo, like we, I want you to do my cover art. I'm like, yo word, like, here's what I'm gonna charge you. Then that person in person is probably going to be there. No, there's no way there's going to be like, bro, you're bugging. Like you cannot charge that much, you know? Yeah. So I just think about it like that. It's like, people will say whatever over the internet. So I just ignore it and like move on. Cause I'm like, <laughs> you know, I can't like sit and argue and be like, bro, why is that? Like, why do you think that's too, like, you don't value my work? Like whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I always waste my time, and then yeah, then I'll have to charge more because I'll be wasting my time arguing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so you know, if you have a hundred people in your DM, you know, you charge five of them fifty dollars, and you know, you've already made pretty decent salary right there, pretty good amount of money. Right. Yeah. So did um, you know, you said that once you kind of felt, or at some point, you know, once you got more social media followers, you uh, started charging a little bit more. Did having names like Desto Dub and 
uh, Lozelli and those kinds of guys, did having those names on your resume affect how you felt your price should be valued? It was kind of like those coincided with it. So mm-hmm. like my two like big things that happened were like when I did the cover for, um, for bank teller, which was mm-hmm. like Desto, with like everyone with like pump and perp and Uzi and Greedo, like complex, like wrote about me, like just in the, they put my name in the article and mm-hmm. like, and like that day I got like hundreds of followers. And so yeah. like that I was like, all right, I'm going to like up my prices. And then the other time was like, I did some like a really stupid, like joke art, but I did a drawing of uh little Tracy and little Uzi, like for like a farmer, but it's like mm-hmm. them as American Gothic. Oh really? So like, yeah, that old like American Gothic painting. I did like them as that. And I posted that and little Tracy like reposted it on his Instagram. Yeah. And so that like my social media like kind of went crazy that day too. And so those days what happens is just like my inbox gets flooded. And so what I do is like I just think about that. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna say this wild price to everybody. And then if one person bites, it'll make it worth my time instead of like taking on like seven of these projects that equal that price, you know? So mm-hmm. like it's not even like I'm trying to like like I think I know like what my work is worth, mm-hmm. but also sometimes I'm just like, all right, all of these, like these people can feel free to say no. And like, sometimes I'll get a few people that will, you know, if I have that much demand, I'm just like, all right, this is what I'm willing to work for. Because sometimes like, you know, I'm, I'm really busy too. So it's like, I have to value my time to make sure that, yeah, I just have to make sure that like I can handle the amount of work I've got. Yeah. I think, uh, just from talking to a couple of different artists on here and like interviewing them, it just seems like people don't really understand. Like if you're some kid who like made a song and wants to hit you up and isn't expecting like, a, you know, he's expecting me like $10 for it. I feel like he doesn't really understand that you probably spend more time doing this drawing than he did on the entire song sometimes. Right. But I don't care. You know, I respect, you know, their work. Like that's the thing about music that is really is, is tough too is like, musicians deal with the same thing they deal Mm -hmm. with like sometimes they'll work really hard on a song and they'll put it out and nobody will care even if it's good yeah and so they know what it's like to put in a bunch of work and not get paid like almost every musician that i know who is successful did years or a long time of like doing that so i just feel like i did the same thing like i'm like you know you know, I did a lot of cheap and free cover art over the years. And so now, because a lot of people want cover art from me, like, or a lot compared to what used to, I used to get, then like now, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make it worth, worth my time. And I think musicians should do the same thing. Like they should charge a lot for features once people want features, because, you know, they probably did a bunch of free features and put out so many songs and have spent hours and hours and hours making music. and if they're starting to get recognition, then, you know, I think that artists should be able to make a living off of their work. Like, you know, that's, I, I, I wish more artists could. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a really good point. So, so I do want to hop into, are are you okay if we run over, you know, the hour long I'd said, cause I, 
because I did a lot of research and, you know, kind of just had a bunch of questions. I just want to make sure I'm not taking up your night. Dude, I'm game for whatever, man. All right, for sure. I'm, for I'm, sure. Used, to, I'm used to sitting at a desk and talking. So. <laughs> for sure. No, that's very, uh, no, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so then I do want to hop into, you know, Hive Mind, um, how that got started, things like that. So who were who were the original founders of Hive Mind? Was it you and uh, Graydon or like what did, you know, who, who were the founders? Yeah, so Hive Mind, like, the, like as it's named, it was just me and Graydon. So mm-hmm. like I came up with it, asked Graydon to be my co-host. Mm-hmm. So like I kind of came up with like, you know, the structure of it or like the goals of it. Like I did it as a project and then like, he was just like my on-camera co-host, but he had a lot to do with like the initial forming of like the tone of everything and all that stuff. And then the way that it progressed to involve more people is actually like, it's kind of funny. So we had our third interview ever, cause it kind of started off more interview based. It was like almost all of our content was like, we were doing interviews with people. And so our third interview ever was with a collective that at the time was called Wake and Shake. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was, I'm going to call them their current names because at the time they were, a lot of them were named different things, but mm-hmm. internet boy, grand ace, Deo gold, Leo pastel and Josiah. And then, uh, Grant and Alex who are now a part of hive mind, those two. So they were a collective of like producers and, uh, singers and rappers. And then they, they're Alex and Grant were the video team. So they were doing like music videos for that group of people. And I got really into them based off of Josiah's song, know my vision. Mm-hmm. And I watched the video and then I realized that a kid in the video was a kid I went to high school with. And I was like, whoa. And and that's internet boy. So I was like, so I hit him up and was like, bro, I just saw this video. Like, like, I love it. Like, this is crazy. And then he was like, oh, thank you. Like, I really like, I'm proud of it, whatever. And then we just started like chopping it up about it. He was like, oh, do you want to do cover art for some of the people in the group? And I was like, word. And then I told him about Hivemind. I was like, yo, I'm starting. I've just started this thing. Uh, would you all be down for an interview when I come down to Cincinnati? Cause I had just moved from, uh, I wasn't even, I didn't even live in Detroit yet when I did it. I was like living at my parents' house in between mm-hmm. moving from Cincinnati to Detroit. And I went down there and did an interview with them and then just became like good friends with all the dudes there. And then, uh, eventually like what happened was Josiah blew up and got signed and we had worked in between, like I did some cover art for him. I was like, you know, we were just like hanging out, like we were friends, but when he blew up and got signed and went to LA, some of the other guys in the group were like, Oh, like we got to figure out kind of what we're going to do. And Alex and Grant who ran the YouTube channel at the time were like, uh, were basically like, uh, they were like, Oh, we got to, um, we got to rebrand the YouTube channel. So they hit me up and asked me if I could help rebrand it. And I basically was like talking to them about it. And then some of the stuff that they were bringing up, I was like, um, I was like, Oh, that kind of sounds like Hivemind, like what, what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And so then we came up, I, we kind of like 
slowly and it was no it was it was not just my idea or their idea it kind of like slowly became a thing that we thought about like what about just like putting the content stuff that Graydon and I are doing on the same channel as the music videos that they're doing and like merging and yeah so that like eventually that happened and so then us four kind of like that like re we restructured it with like the content became not just interviews. It was like, you know, me and Graydon doing segments and podcasts and stuff. But then also I was helping them with their music videos. Like I was doing the, the branding and graphic design work for the music videos. And so that's how it like moved from there. And that was like late 2018, basically. All right. For sure. Sorry, that, was, that was very long winded, but that's, yeah. <laughs> no, I, that's, that's what I wanted to hear. Um, you know, an in-depth look at hive minds of origins. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting. Like, um, no, I just think it's really interesting how, you know, it just kind of all came together. You know, you had two different entities and you realize, Hey, we could, you know, I'm assuming you guys are probably thinking we could just, you know, pump out a ton of content through one source and, um, always have something new coming out. Yeah, that was, um, at the time I was doing a bunch of research on, YouTube. And that's when it was like coming out basically that like uploading every day was like the only way. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how like we tried that we were going to do like an everyday upload. And obviously like that's like creates major burnout. So yeah. we, we do like two to three uploads a week and we, we stuck to that for the most part last year, but this year we've done it. I think every Every week in the past couple months, um, we've been uploading like two videos a week, but, but yeah, it was just a way like the, as far as like the merging thing, it was just a way for like, we were very like-minded, like Mm -hmm. as entities, what they were doing, what we were doing was like, we got along really well and stuff. And then like, we just thought that we would aid each other pretty well in terms of like, just like um like i could help with music videos and they could help with like put like the content side like helping like stitch that together and become more professional and that's mm-hmm. like actually what happened and it did take a while because this is like the first year that we've really seen like a lot of big growth and stuff but but yeah but it it definitely has has worked yeah no sure. yeah clearly it's working um i seem to be doing pretty well right now it's just oh it's cool cuz it's I'm trying to think if there's really anything else out there that's really like that, that where you just have that much different media talking about the underground. Um, you know, Lyrical Lemonade's mostly music videos and uh, I think Patsy C, he does more, he does like, his, his videos are pr- pretty interesting. He does kind of creative things like that, but you guys just seem to have a very good mix in there. Yeah, we, that's like from the beginning, what we said, we're like, all right, it's going to. We start what you were just saying. I think my audio just, or I think the call cut out for like half a second. If you could just restart what you were saying. Sure. Yeah. I just said like, basically like from the beginning, we knew that once it worked, people would be like, Oh, like this isn't like, like anything else because it's basically like a combination of like two sides of, of like rap YouTube, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's like, there's people out there making video, like Patrick CC is a good example. Like I think he makes really creative content in like the underground rap space. And then there's like people like 
Sam Aaron's who are doing just like, you know, playlisting type videos, like really putting people on to underground music. Mm-hmm. But we want to do something personality based on the content side. Um, and then also be doing like ambitious music videos. And like the only thing that we've experienced in terms of like frustration sometimes is that people will find out about us from the content side. And sometimes if you watch some of our videos and we're like being idiots, you know, or like, like we're like real goofy, like talking on like the content side of things. And then we will talk about an artist. They'll find out about us that way. And then we're like, Oh, like let's do a music video. Sometimes they'll be like, there's no way these guys are good at music videos because it's just so goofy. Yeah. But then once you watch our music videos, you'll realize like, that's like, we put a lot of work into our music videos. Like we want to like be the biggest doing that. Like that's like an actual ambition we have is like to be the biggest platform for music videos. Like that, like we put all like we, our music videos take like a month and a half to make. (laughs) Like they're a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I'm going to apologize right now. I swear I didn't steal the idea of interviews uh, from you guys. I promise. Um, yeah. but, uh, we trademark just interviews yeah. TM. <laughs> you're, uh, what are you? you're like the fine bros. Like they, when they copyrighted a uh, commentary videos or reaction videos, that's, that's you guys. Jeez, those guys, man. <laughs> Clowns. Um, but who, who did you guys interview, you know, while you were first starting out when you're mainly doing a lot more of the interview stuff, who did you interview that really kind of had an explosion afterwards? Um, well, that third interview was Josiah and like right. was involved in that. And like he, you know, got signed and is still going crazy, like about to drop a project. And yeah, like, and is still like a good friend of mine. Talked to him a lot. And he's like one of my favorite artists as well. Um, but I'm going to go through, I haven't done this in a while because we haven't done any interviews during uh, COVID because mm-hmm. obviously. And it's funny because a lot of people found us during COVID that I don't even know. Like some people probably don't even know that we do interviews. Yeah. Um, but uh, since then, I mean, we we interviewed uh, Suicide Rascal, who like is one of our good friends as well, but he's done really well. Yeah. Um, we interviewed Fantasy Camp and like he's definitely like gotten bigger since we interviewed him, but he was already well on his way. Um, Wendigo and Flacco, like the guys from Spider Gang, we did those interviews pretty much exactly a year ago. And we went on tour with all of them and they have like exploded since then. Like they're yeah. like they're like ten times as big as they were when we were on tour with them. Um Yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. I mean, other than that, like we interviewed uh this band Oso Oso back on our old channel. And I was a huge fan of their record, but then they, their newest record from, I think either last year or 2018 ended up like doing really well and getting like pitchfork best new music and all that stuff. So he's doing, he's doing super well right now. Um, and I really hope like eventually we can turn on, turn our fans on to like, it's starting to happen, but like other genres of music too. Cause we like talk a lot about underground rap, but like we, like every type of music and like Oso Oso is like an indie emo band and they're mm-hmm. like really, really good. So yeah. 
what other uh what other genres are you thinking you know that you might want to turn people on to well we did a we did a guerrilla warfare music video they're kind of like almost like new metal hardcore um mm-hmm. like like rap rock type of thing yeah and they're super tight um one of my best friends his name is jacob sigmund and he's uh he's a pop singer like full-on like bruno mars type thing and like we've done two music videos for him or three actually and um i think like he will absolutely be like massive and so i'm like hoping that you know our fans will take to some stuff like that but i mean i know like like that's something I didn't really mention, but like part of the reason that I wanted to do like a music based channel and not just like a YouTube channel in general was because I like was writing for a lot of blogs back in the day. And that was stuff was like almost always about like, like emo and indie rock and punk and like, like hardcore. And it was like a lot of like rock music that I was writing about, mm-hmm. but I was like the one on the blog who would like occasionally write about rap and Mm -hmm. like the only stuff on, on the website at the time that was about rap. And so I just like to mix, like, I just listen to like whatever I listen to and I like, I feel like someone else will, could like it. So I just Mm -hmm. like try to think about it that way. But yeah. Yeah, Good music is good music. Right. Yeah. So what was, what was the hive mind tour about? What did that, you know, what was kind of the purpose of that? How did that come together? And what were you guys trying to do with that? Um, it was like an idea from the beginning. We just like wanted to eventually take some artists that we were excited about on tour. And, um, so we like, I don't know, came up with the idea before we knew what artists we wanted to take. Like we just like thought that would be a cool idea. Mm -hmm. Um, in retrospect, like we we did it too early. Like it was like doing a tour is like, if there's anybody out there who is like a small platform or a small like group of people trying to like plan a tour, just like wait until you know for a fact it makes sense. Cause that is so hard and you will spend and lose so much money doing it. Yeah. Um, it was a great experience though. It definitely helped like the content that we made on that tour, like is what, you know, is most popular on our channel. So it's like, you know, there's wins and losses involved, but, um, but yeah, it just came together. Cause we were like, like we were the most excited about spider gang on SoundCloud at the time. And we like hit them up and they were like very responsive with us. And like, we had talked to them a bunch. And so we were just like, let's do it. They were into the idea of it. And then we brought suicide rascal. Cause he's like one of our best friends and we really believe in, in his music. And so, yeah, we just like, planned each city as like basically a local show with like two headliners being the tour people. So we booked like local artists and bands from each of the cities we went to and just like made it happen and shot a bunch of music videos and made a bunch of vlogs and just did it. Just drove around in a van. So (laughs) how far did you guys go? We just went down to Charlotte and then did Cincinnati and Columbus back up to Detroit. And then we traveled around Michigan, like doing music videos. So we shot like the doorstop music video for suicide rascal and little darky at uh, Warren dunes over near you. Yeah. Yeah. So we did that. And then we like, yeah, we just like traveled around. Like we went to like, we stopped in Dayton on the way up to do a music video. It's like, we just did a bunch of different like, 
content things throughout that throughout that tour but yeah yeah that's that's key i mean i don't i it's just crazy you guys are able to put that whole thing together like i i would imagine that it is a lot of work to put that all together um how long did it take to plan all that uh it should we should have planned for longer that's what i'm (laughs) saying it was like not enough time to plan a tour so like tons of things went wrong we ended up spending a lot more money than we needed to but you know that's just the way it goes like honestly like you just got to do stuff and if it doesn't work it doesn't work it's not the end of the world and then you just like try to do it right in the future and if covid hadn't happened this year we definitely would be doing a tour this year but we're not going to do that obviously (laughs) we're going to wait until it's 100 percent safe to be going a bunch of different places and until shows even happen again so yeah, I can respect that. Swing it up to East Lansing, man. Yeah, no, yeah, the uh, East. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I want to be in a bar in East Lansing. Like <laughs> that. That's all I'll say. I mean, I don't either, but all my friends did apparently. Right. Yeah. Um. So I also saw on your Instagram, uh, you're a manager for Casco Crazy. <laughs> oh man, no, I am not. Sadly. Oh, so yeah. what? What's the story with that? <laughs> uh we were just on live one time like on uh instagram live on hive mind and casco crazy just like like he's one of the people that we met in atlanta like one of the producers and like i'm a fan like i like love his music like i think he makes great beats and mm-hmm. all that like we, we talk we got along in person like he's in the vlog we were like clowning and stuff but he just said like riley be my manager <laughs> and i was like I was like, yeah, like I'll be your manager. And then I was like, well, actually, how about this? How about I say that I'm your manager, but I don't do anything for you. (laughs) And the joke was like, like, so now like he'll comment like on something and be like, bro, like, uh, you promised you'd get me in this, in the studio with Doja Cat. What are you doing? And (laughs) on my bad, bro, I like, you know, I've been, I've been lacking or like whatever. Like I was like, it's a joke between he and I and, that's basically gone really far because like one of the funny things that came out of this recently is like, I'll get, I've gotten maybe like three messages that are like, yo, like you manage Casco crazy. Can you get me a beat or something like that? Yeah. But he's now started to get messages from people thinking that he's my manager. So people (laughs) I'm trying to get cover art from Riley. Can you're his manager? Can you like help? You know, can you help me get the cover? Like he'll send me screenshots of people saying that. And so the new joke is that I'm his manager, but he is also my manager. (laughs) Damn, we're putting each other on. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We each get twenty percent of each other's uh, (laughs) other's income. So yeah, here's your twenty percent. All right, here's yeah. the twenty percent back. All right, yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> Shout out, Cat. He's one of the best. One of the best making beats right now. So, Heck, he go, go peep that man. Peep my guy from Cass. Yeah. Um. What was I going to? Uh, oh, I know. I just it's it's funny that they they read uh, MGMT. They're like, oh, that means management, but they just completely they can't read the word for. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, Few few people have asked me to manage them based on the precedent that I managed Casco Crazy, but I, <laughs> I honestly, maybe it'll change in the future. But I do not want to manage artists. It's just like it's just not 
I don't have the time. I would be, I wouldn't be good at it. I wouldn't have enough like focus with everything else I do to be able to like put my all into it. So yeah, yeah fair enough. I mean, it sounds like you got a lot on your plate already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I got you know, a couple more questions. The first one would be, uh, so like clearly you definitely have your own style with, you know, your appearance with the pigtails, you know, I love the mustache. You know, I got a lot of respect for that. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, what what kind of inspires your style? <laughs> you know, I don't know how to like answer that question because like like the pigtails was like a joke. Like I was in my room and it was really hot one day, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I need to get my hair off my face. Like yeah. I have like long hair now, and so I had some like ponytails sitting around. I don't even know why I had them, like the ponytail holders, and I just like put four of them on like how I do my hair now and like took a picture and sent it to my girlfriend and I would, and she was just like, Oh, like that's funny, like whatever. But then I think I sent it to like some other people or like, I've like FaceTimed one of my friends or something. And I was just like laughing. Cause I thought I looked funny. Yeah. And then like, honestly, since that day, I think there's been like only a couple days where I don't wear my hair like this, but it's like kind of just because like, it's practical. Like it literally keeps my hair off my neck cause it's hot. Yeah. And like, and I mean, I like how it looks, but like I didn't, I didn't like plan it. Like it just was kind of a joke. And then I just kept doing it. Um, and then the mustache was like, it's so weird how all of these come from like jokes about my own personal <laughs> appearance, but I was like, there's no way I can grow a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what I said. like I've never been able to grow one. There's no way I could. And mm-hmm. then I started, one as like another joke like i was like i'm gonna see how long i can go how gross it gets and then sure enough like i grew a pretty much a full mustache and now i have an actual full mustache and i haven't like i haven't shaved that since either like i just like trim it or whatever but like you know i really did not think i could grow a full mustache like (laughs) at all and so yeah and the neon hat thing that was intentional i was like i need to like do I just wanted to have something that would stand out mm-hmm. and there's this gas station near my house that has a bunch of like, they had like in the winter, they had a bunch of beanies like sitting out that like you could buy for two ninety nine, And I had already bought a black one cause I just needed one. And then they had a neon one and I was like, okay, that's like the brightest color ever. Like people are going to notice that. So I'm yeah. just going to start wearing it. And then now I've bought like five different ones since then. And I have like <laughs> a hat too. Like I just try to wear a neon, like, something on my head um, because I, I don't know. I just like, I picked that, I guess, as like a, a signifier. Yeah. So if they don't notice the pigtails and the mustache, they're definitely going to get this hat. Right. So, <laughs> and then, then the joke I always make is that everybody in like SpongeBob or family guy, they all wear the same outfits every episode. And that's how they're like, so recognizable as characters. Yeah. That's why I always draw characters in the same outfits. So I said like, I need to have something that's consistent because then people will recognize me as like a cartoon character essentially. And that's, you know, for whatever reason, like if it makes it like somehow more like clickable or more recognizable as like hive mind, like somebody will be like, have you seen hive mind? It's, you know, it's uh, that guy with the pigtail and must pigtails and mustache. And then like the, I don't know how they, the sweaty tall guy, maybe what they call <laughs> it, you know, that's like, yeah, that's pretty like fucking smart though. I'll be honest. Like I, the, cause it makes sense. Like you enjoy, you know, you want to make your own cartoons, you like doing drawings and things like that. So like 
it makes sense that you'd have that thought that like, you know, these characters wear the same outfit every day. Like it's recognizable. Right. And like you, you, you said you're big about branding. Like that's really like actually clever. Right. And that's the, yeah, I think about everything as branding. Like, and that's what I do like with my friends. Um, like, like I've done uh like all of suicide rascals cover art basically like in the past like year or so, mm-hmm. except for like songs here and there. But like, I came up with like this dog character for him that like I tried to make look like him. And like <laughs> now that I put that on like all of his cover art, there's like this recognizability to his, his, his music and his cover art, like visually you see it and you're like, Oh, that's a suicide rascal song. Even though it's not suicide rascal, it's like a dog that's like supposed to be a character for him. And then like I do art for a little Rosie and I always draw him with like a bloody nose just because like, I think it's like, you know, it's something people will remember. They'll be like, Oh, it's the kid with the bloody nose. Like yeah. if, if it's just another like little catchy thing in your head, like if you see something a few different times and there's something like notable about it, then that's like the way that you're able to sync it as a memory. And then, yeah. And then like when you see it again in passing, you'll know what it is right away. That's like all I'm trying to do basically. Yeah. No, I, uh, I like that a lot actually. For sure. Yeah. So, I have a follow-up question for that. So if you and Russ got into a guys with long hair and facial hair fight, who do you think would win? Does he have facial hair? I I think he does. I'm pretty sure he rocks either the beard or the mustache or the full thing. I think he got like a neck beard sort of situation. He got like a... Let me look up this man. Yeah. swore. Um... I feel like he's got more of like a... Like he doesn't have like distinct facial hair. He has like if he doesn't shave for a few days, he'll definitely get some of like the, you know, the scruff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm see. I'm looking at him right now. I have fucking Russ in my Google search, so that's, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's special. Um, no, he. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of pictures. He has. It's kind of what you said. It's not very distinct. It's just kind of like very. It's like a 16 year old's attempt at a mustache and beard. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess if like. I'll, I'll answer the question first. The question, I guess like I would probably win just because I have like an actual distinct mustache, mm-hmm. but I do kind of want to see Russ put his like wavy ass hair into, <laughs> into pigtails. And that would, that would just be like a cool sight. Um, but then the follow up, I would say if we're going to get in a physical fight, I would absolutely yeah. rock. He's so short. Like <laughs> I would, I would like drop kick him in the chest and be over right. straight up. Are you saying he's not a king though? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, he's a shit talker. So I feel yeah. like he would, he's got to be ready with the hands. Like he's got to fight. <laughs> I know he has goons now and all that. Like he has his goons, like go after people. But I'm saying if we shot a fair one, me and Russ, it wouldn't be fair because I would absolutely smoke him. So <laughs> he's got that. And he get, I, hope he hears, I hope he hears this someday. <laughs> Bro, pr- promote this. Everyone tag Russ. I don't even know yeah, what this is going to be on. I'll, I'll take it. I'll go for him. <laughs> Everyone tag Russ on Spotify. <laughs> right. Um, oh, what the hell was I going to ask? Um, uh, I don't know. I can't even remember. So it obviously wasn't that important. Um, no, he's, I don't know. I, I agree. It's just like a little shit talker. Who did he, yeah, that's what it was. Who did he have his guys jump? Wasn't it like base God he had um, a bunch of his guys uh, jump? Is I think Base God was like PMB Rock. Oh, and yeah. Boogie, maybe. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Russ, Russ was smoke perp and then Adam 22. Oh, really? Adam as well? And Guap Dad 4000. Good Lord. Yeah. Russ is, Russ has got like some, some mob ties type, type deal going on. <laughs> seems like. His dad's like you know, Al Capone. I definitely don't mess with him though. I feel like no. I mean, Russ is just like he's just such a shit talker, and he's just one of those people who feels like he has to like qualify everything he does. Like, yeah, just like you know, his music is like hitting for some people. If he wasn't such a shit talker, then like it wouldn't be such an issue, you know? Yeah, it just kind of screams insecurity sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's just short guy syndrome too. Like not fight, <laughs> but like. That's like a thing, you know, if yeah. you're short, sometimes you just got to overcompensate and like, I get it. Like it's whatever. I don't even think <laughs> Russ is that bad at music. I just think it's like, I mean, it's not like the type of music I listen to or anything. I just don't think he's any worse than like some of his peers who get less hate. He just like asks for it. But yeah. It's like, yeah. I feel like that short guy syndrome is something you get in like middle school. Cause I can remember kids who had that in middle school and then they like hit high school and just kind of grew out of it or people were just like, yeah, I don't give a shit that you're mad about this. I feel like he just never got out of it. Right. I was mad short when I was younger and then I'm lucky I grew, I grew up like I was like the shortest kid in my grade in like fifth grade. And then by high school, I like, I, I, th- I mean, I'm like six, one and a half now. So I'm like mm-hmm. lucky, you know, I'm praying. I hit six foot. Doctor said I'm supposed to be six foot, but uh, really? Yeah. It's not what happening. <laughs> Oh, I'm uh, I'm like five ten and three quarters, so I round up to five eleven. Ah, you're good though. That's yeah. still that's still like you know tall guy type height. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think it's funny, like the the guys who like look up the average height of um, like the average male. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So, other question I had was, oh, um. Yeah, so I I was watching the saw or I saw the keep one leave one video. I have to say, you definitely uh-huh. made the right decision with keeping Cardi. Keeping Cardi over Uzi, huh? Yeah, I I yeah. agree with what Graydon was saying though too. Like, Uzi definitely has more of that personality, but like I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. I think Dialet and even like the the self name like Playboy Cardi album that was just two very iconic pieces of music. Yeah, it's still like a tough thing. Like since it happened, I've still had like, like most of them don't stick with me because like a lot of them are like, we're just trying to make, like have a fun argument, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I definitely have strong opinions on things, but sometimes we're just like finding a way to make that interesting. Like we can like riff off each other. I kind of know like what he's going to say. He knows kind of what I'm going to say. Like we don't like preface it. We just like, we've been friends forever. So we like know how we're going to be able to argue it basically. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I don't know, like that one just stuck with me. Like I feel <laughs> bad. Cause like there's some Uzi songs that I was thinking about and I was like, bro, like Uzi's a legend too. Like, I, I mean, like it would be very different if Uzi was not around. So like if his music wasn't like around, I don't know. I don't, it's, it's tough, but but Dilet's like a classic album. I think it changed how like people look at per- production in rap mm-hmm. in like the current current uh, just like landscape of everything. I think it's like it made it possible to like you know have the vibe of like a song actually like matter more than like what you're saying. The same way that like 
some old punk music was where like it was more about how fast and loud and like you know thrashy a song would be mm-hmm. more than like what the content of what you're actually saying you know and so i i really think that that album is like a cla- modern classic die lit yeah uh i think i think it's just so like I don't, it's so funny cuz i feel like Playboy Cardi's music is also just so much more memeable. I feel like I see so many more memes with like his production and uh, his kind of shit on it. Um, I don't know. It's just very cultural. I feel like it's just, it definitely like what you said, it was just a very essential piece of music. Right. I mean, it kind of speaks to what Green and I were saying, but like Uzi's, the memes that come from Uzi are usually like his personality yeah. more than his actual music. And Cardi's music gets memed, which I think is like, you know, that's the the difference for me is like it's very much focused on Cardi's music, and that's why I had to keep Cardi. But still, one of the toughest ones we've ever gotten on that on that. So, so have you uh, have you flipped it all then? On that one, yeah. No, I'm still keeping Cardi. Shit, I'm still <laughs> Cardi, but yeah, I don't think I flipped on any except uh, in one of our tier list videos. Uh, the rapper logo one we put Wu Tang at an A instead of an S, and like it, it's like the number one comment we get on it. And I definitely flip like it has to be, it should be an S. Yeah, but that's just how it is, you know. It's on the internet forever. So, <laughs> man, what a what a boner of a mistake that was. It honestly <laughs> was though. We were trying to be like it was early in the video, and so we were really trying to be like, uh, what's it called? Like we were we're trying to like temper expectations. Like we were trying to be like, okay, like we're only going to give S's to ones that are like crazy legendary. So like, this is an A because it's a little bit derivative of the Batman symbol. But mm-hmm. then like, eventually I, I like, once I think about it, I'm like, no, that's so an S tier logo. It's like the most iconic rap logo of all time, probably. Yeah. And I have a below like some ones that definitely aren't nearly as iconic. So yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Probably got more comments for it because people wanted to like, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe you did that on purpose. <gasps> I, I did not. I, <laughs> I, wish I, I did not. Yeah. Um, I also, I saw a video where you guys were kind of talking about vine and things like that. So who were your, some of, or some of your favorite viners when it was still a thing? Um, I mean, some of the, like, I mean, it's like the mainstream, like I really liked like Nick Coletti and yeah. like, Cole Hirsch is like one of my favorite people in general on the internet. Yeah. And he was a Viner and now he's a TikToker, but he also has podcasts, but outside if anybody's heard of that. Yeah. Do you know what that is? Yeah. I've seen like, I think I've seen clips of it. So I know of it. I just don't think I've ever actually listened to it. Oh, it's so good. It's just like, and it's really tough for them to do it now, but like mm-hmm. it's basically Cole Hirsch and then a stand-up comedian named Andrew Michon who like set up a table on the side of a, like the side of the road, like on the, on a sidewalk somewhere. And they just have a sign that says like, be on our podcast and we'll give you $1. <laughs> and anybody can sit down and talk to you or talk to them. And so, yeah, it's just like my favorite podcast on the internet. I think it's so good. And Cole Hirsch is just like hilarious, but um, he's from Ohio too. So that's why like, I'm, you know, I like, I like always root for people from Ohio just because I'm from there. But <laughs> so Jake Paul yeah. then? <laughs> yeah honestly i do not root for jake paul but like i find myself sometimes rooting for logan paul 
uh, current Logan Paul just because like he reminds me of all the douchebags I went to high school with. <laughs> and like, even though he's a douchebag, it's like, it's like a familiar type of thing. Like I knew so many people like him in high school that like, it doesn't bother me the same way it bothers other people. Like, I'm just like, Oh, that's just a guy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, and I think he's really smart. I just think, I mean, he's obviously made some mistakes and all that, but I do think he's smart and I, you know, I think he's like done a lot to rebuild like his career and stuff. And I don't know, he's from Cleveland. So I just still have like back of my mind, a little bit of, little bit of like rooting for him type of energy. But yeah, I, I've seen some clips that really uh, show that he is at least trying to turn a new leaf. Like I think, uh, uh, there was, uh, it was something going around on Twitter, I think. And he was, he actually gave like a really good talk about like a lot of the current events going on right now. And, um, obviously yeah. he's got, you know, you know, it's, it's from Logan Paul. So it's not the best perspective, but like what he said, I was like, yeah, like I can't believe I'm saying this, but I kind of agree with what you're saying. Right. That was like, uh, it was like right after George Floyd thing had happened. And mm-hmm. he like, yeah, he gave like a really poignant like speech about it, um, on his, on his podcast. And like, I've watched that podcast like a good amount. And I will say that like, that's not super out of character for like how he speaks now. Like he, he like has good points and seems to be like on the right side of most issues and like at least trying to make a good impact. Um, I mean, he's corny to me and like, I don't think I'd get along with his group of friends, but <laughs> I think his heart's in the right place for the most part. Smart guy, but you know, he's an internet personality. Like everybody's got to be a little bit corny. So like, that's just how it's going to be. Like he's always going to be viewed a certain way because of what he's done. So, yeah. Uh, no, that's, that's good to hear. I mean, he's got, he's got most of this upcoming generation watching him every single day. So it's good to hear. He's not just a complete belligerent idiot. No, I think, I don't think he's like a bad influence to kids or nothing like that. Right. So yeah, that's good. Um, who, who else were you a big fan of on Vine? Man, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like who I would watch. Like I feel like I I I mean, I was like kind of into Vine and then like got really into like Vine compilation and stuff mm-hmm. afterwards. Like I wasn't like active, like I never did a Vine myself or anything like that. Yeah. Um What's the name that one girl like Brittany who did the thing with the uh the wiener dog going into her mouth? Oh. The wiener dog like, mouth going into her mouth. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I feel like I've probably seen it. Um, it's like a super famous video. Like she like opens her mouth and her dog like sticks its mouth in her mouth. It's super funny. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember her name. She's married to like the dude from Motley Crue now. Really? Which is so funny. Yeah. Um, they have a podcast together. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who else was on Vine. Like, uh, did you watch uh, Gabriel Gundacker? Oh yeah. I mean, he's always on podcast, but outside with, uh, with Cole Hirsch and them too. Yeah. Those guys, uh, I, I figured you'd probably heard, probably at least were aware of him if you like Cole Hirsch. Oh yeah. He's so funny. He's yeah. a strange guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. What else? Evan Breen. Yeah. Evan Breen is actually, he, uh, he lit or he grew up like 10 minutes from where I live right now. Really? I knew he was from Detroit. Yeah, he like he he talks about like do you know that podcast uh it was like Nick Coletti, Evan Breen and Casey Fry. Uh it's called Friendship is Kind. They yeah. did only like six episodes. Yeah, I definitely tuned into that. Yeah. He was talking about this place that he worked 
and like it's called burrito mundo mm-hmm. and like i used to go there like every day like to to get food like not like every day but like really often to get food and he was talking about like a story about how he got fired from there <laughs> and i was oh, so weird like i live so close to like where evan brings <laughs> just like, grew up it's so weird but but yeah <laughs> he's so funny dude yeah did you uh have you ever heard of the just chillin podcast or no. no no might might just chill might just chill podcast who's that that's it's a bunch of guys off of twitter it's um i, I don't know like if you, you know would know any of these guys i feel like you would though uh debo right. nate like attaboy um oh god what's his name um bill something bill ratchet bill Rat- yeah bill, bill ratchet Rat- uh, i was gonna say this like a bill ratchet thing yeah. yeah yeah if you like um you know friendship is kind you de- i think you should definitely check out uh might just chill because that's like those right. guys all like riff in like it's kind of like that in the sense that they only did a couple episodes and then just kind of dropped out of it but uh that's really funny too Ooh, i'm definitely gonna check it out i like i'm so mad all the twitter dudes and like the vine dudes they always do podcasts that last like a few episodes and yeah. i'm like just with it like like friendship is kind is like damn near the funniest like like run of podcasts I've heard in years, and they just stopped like after a couple episodes. But yeah, yeah. man, I think uh, for them, I don't know. I <laughs> I guess I don't know if it's like a scheduling thing because I don't know what those guys do in their free time except just fire off really funny tweets. But uh, I feel like you know being in different areas and putting together like a virtual podcast might be a little bit difficult. Maybe that's that's true but friendship is kind stopped well before covid became a thing so yeah they have no they have no excuse <laughs> those clowns yeah <laughs> but, um yeah. yeah i think that might be it let me just scroll through my list and make sure i didn't miss anything that i wanted yeah any last minute you got it yeah um, um, oh, well, I guess while I'm looking through this list of questions, um, you know, this is your time to, you know, plug what you're doing right now. You said you're working on a video. So if you want to, uh, plug that a little bit, just, you know, let me know what you got going on right now that I can throw in the, the links below. Word. Well, uh, when is this going to come out? Cause that'll, de- that'll determine. Yeah. So I have such a weird schedule and I guess I kind of apologize for that, but I probably have five or six recorded right now as far as podcasts, maybe seven or eight. Um, and I'm figuring out the schedule. I think I'm going to do maybe like a big dump at the start, maybe like two a week to, for the next two weeks. And then I'll go to weekly. But, um, I mean, I thought this went really well, so I might move this up in the schedule. So maybe like three, four weeks, you might see this out. Word. Okay. Well then for the three, four week people in the future right now, yeah. uh, we, we have released our official hive mind merch line. Oh, okay. Now, I can't promise. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how it went so far <laughs> on the website. So there might be some things left. Uh, I I hate to say that I hope there's not. Okay. But <laughs> go check the website. See if there's anything there uh, that you would like. I'm we're, We've been working on this merch line for like three months. It's like definitely uh, the most proud I've been of any merch and clothing stuff that we've done so far. So I uh, encourage you to check that out. And then, um, yeah, three, four weeks from now, I don't know what's going on on our YouTube channel. So check out youtube.com slash TV, and we will definitely have a bunch of new content for you to check out. So that's about it. Yeah, amazing. I think that was all of my questions. Um, 
Yeah, no, I, then I you know, just want to finish this off by saying thank you so much for hopping on this call with me. Uh, I know it went a little bit longer than we had both kind of planned, but that, you know, I just started digging, found a lot of different questions I wanted to ask. So I appreciate you taking the time to answer all of them. Dude, thank you for having me on here. Uh, it was definitely a lot of fun. And yeah, sorry to everybody for answering every question super long, but I've actually never really done a podcast like that I wasn't the host of. So <laughs> I have a lot to say. So um, yeah, I really appreciate you asking me to come on here though. This was a lot of fun and um, hope we can chop it up again sometime off Discord, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely, man. I'm usually on here. So if you ever see me uh, popping on just chilling, feel free to shoot me a message or something. Hell yeah. Hop in the, the hive mind VC sometime. I'll add you to the server. All right. For uh, sure. It's real crazy in there. So it's, it's like a, it's like a chaos machine, but <laughs> it would love to have you in there sometime. Yeah, know? no, that'd be great, man. Just, uh, yeah, like I said, or what you said, shoot me an invite and I'd be more than happy to hop on. Right. And what's this podcast called? Cl- uh, cloud what, coffee. What, you, what is it? Uh, cloud coffee. Cloud coffee. I like it. So yeah. shout out, shout out cloud coffee, all the, uh, cloud coffee drinkers out there. <laughs> y'all i just started three weeks ago uh i love coffee now so yeah kind of inspired. like i had like tried it once in a while but like i think in the last three weeks just because i was getting really tired at work i was like i don't know i, I guess i'll start drinking coffee and my girlfriend helped me like get together everything like the coffee maker these little the k cups the different blends so um Dang. you're like a baby taking his first steps <laughs> i know Oh, I, I drink, I have to drink it every day. So now I'm drinking like two cups a day, if not three. Um, so God, let's see if you that develops a habit. You dark roast, blonde roast, what are you doing? Uh, blonde roast, I'm kind of a, you know, kind of, like you said, I'm a baby. So I like having a milk and well, m- mostly milk, but yeah, just having a lighter color coffee. Yeah. You got to work your way down to the dark roast, man. You get the most, you just, it's just, it's really hitting when you need it. That's what I'll say. <laughs> But you'll get there, dude. You'll get there for sure. All right. I I appreciate the encouragement, man. Yeah, man. Again, thanks for having me on here. Oh, yeah. For sure. Again, appreciate you coming on. You have a great rest of your night, Riley. Yeah, you as well, man. Later. See you later.